Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of Kaiju Carnage. I am your host, Cal the Kaiju Guy. And I sincerely hope that everyone had a very Merry Christmas. I hope you guys got all the presents that were on your list for the kids that listened to the show. I hope Santa brought you everything that you wanted and that you hoped for. I, uh, I got a few decent little gifts and, uh, I was pretty happy with and yeah I'm I'm officially back from my cross-country road trip vacation that I was on uh, for those of you that did not listen to my last episode I uh, for Christmas we me and my lovely lady we went uh, we stay in Louisiana and we drove from Louisiana to Arizona to spend some time with her father and stepmom and all of that and then the next day drove from Arizona to Colorado to spend some time with the majority of uh the rest of her family because she's from Colorado and you know we was way up in the mountains all amongst like snow and all that kind of stuff she took me to her little hometown where she grew up in and all that stuff and showed me all around and then we uh you know we drove back and we were off for five days we spent probably about three full days uh twice all night long driving so um you know i'm I'm very glad to be home like it was it was a nice little trip it was a fun little trip and all of that but i've never been a big vacation kind of guy and all that kind of stuff so it was it was cool and all that getting to see the new sites and getting to be like you know with people up on the sides of mountains and all that kind of stuff but at the end of the day there's no place like home and I'm very happy to be back so again I hope everybody had a Merry Christmas hope everything went well um I'm very sorry that this episode is as late as it is I was I was originally hoping to be able to release this episode on Christmas Day, but with the vacation and the traveling and all that kind of stuff, I was just, we were way more strapped for time than I honestly uh, expected us to be, so uh, we got back into Louisiana Monday morning, early Monday morning, because we drove all night, and then I went back to work Tuesday and then work Tuesday, Wednesday and Thursday and now I'm off at the time of this recording today on Friday, New Year's Eve of 2021. And I've got a 3-day weekend ahead of me. I already told Emily, my lovely lady, I'm like do not book me for anything. Like I'm I'm just going to chill out and relax after doing helming that giant vacation like we did and then jumping immediately back into work. I'm very much looking forward to these three days off. And in these three days, I plan on uh, recording two episodes for the podcast. The first one you're listening to right now, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Um, that came out in 1964. It's my Christmas special episode. And I'll get to the other one towards the end of the episode whenever I go to make that announcement. But yes... Today's episode is on the 1964 stop-motion classic animated Christmas film, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. And 
like I said, this is just simply a Christmas special. I know it has nothing to do with kaiju. The closest thing to a kaiju that would be in the film would be the Bumble, the Abominable Snowman, which I'm a big fan of the Bumble. I've been, I've liked Bumble ever since I was a little kid. He's been my favorite character of the cartoon. I like the way that he looks. Um, you know, the way he, at the end of the day, he was just a very misunderstood character and he ends up becoming one of the, uh, you know, one of the good guys and all that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, I'm a big fan of the Bumble. Uh, I actually have a small plush Bumble that is my traveling buddy. Anytime I go to go on like a long trip or something like that, I throw him in the bag and he comes with me. And I'll make a post on my personal Facebook and I'll say, where I go, the Bumble goes. So, <laughs> you know, like... Uh, I've always been... This is one of those things to where, like, you know, it's not like my journey with Kaiju or with Thor or the Alien and Predator franchise. Like, most of the franchises that I'm a fan of, I can remember the starting point. Like, I can remember, like, oh, yeah, you know, like King Kong with the Kaiju. You know, I was, I was about five years old. I was in a hotel. My... Either my mom or my dad turned on the 1933 King Kong, and that's it. That's the starting point. I remember. I fell in love that moment. Um, two things that I absolutely cannot remember a starting point for. Where, like, as far as I'm concerned, I've just been a fan as far back as I can remember. Uh, the first one is Superman, because I can't remember a time I was not a Superman fan, and... You long-time listeners will know, but you new listeners that are tuning in just for this uh, particular episode, yes, I am a diehard Superman fan. I have an entire bookshelf. I'm not talking about a single shelf. I mean the entire shelf that has like, you know, five shelves on it dedicated to just Superman. The graphic novels, statues, figures, like, you know, novels, encyclopedias, like uh, Superman is easily... My biggest fandom that I'm that I'm a fan of, and I just I can't remember a starting point. And uh, while I don't have a lot of merch concerning Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer, this is a cartoon that I cannot remember a starting point. It's just like all my life, every year around Christmas time, Rudolph has come on. And I would watch it. I own it on home media at this point. Um, but yeah, all growing up, like it would come on. It was the big deal, like a big event, like in, in our household. Hey, it's time to watch Rudolph and all that kind of stuff. And not just Rudolph. We were big into watching a lot of the, like the little Christmas specials and everything. Like some of the animated cartoons that they would do, like Charlie Brown Christmas. Uh, there was a Garfield Christmas that uh, we, we really liked because I'm a big fan of uh, Garfield the Cat as well. The comic strips, the cartoons. the uh, You know, I liked the first movie. The first live-action movie that they did. I really don't care what anybody has to say. I, I liked the first movie. The second one, you know, I'm not, I'm not super crazy about that one. But the first one, I really, really enjoyed. But, so yeah, uh, uh, all growing up. The household had always been like, you know, hey, it's time for Rudolph. Like, Rudolph is coming on this Wednesday night or something at 7 o'clock. Be in the living room at that time so we could all watch Rudolph. And it was a nice little Christmas tradition that we used to have 
Um, not just with Rudolph, you know, like I said, the other Christmas specials. There is a He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special that I had on VHS. And that was also part of the uh, tradition. But, you know, being a little kid, me and the diehard He-Man fan that I am, um, I didn't wait for Christmas to watch to watch that one because I had it on VHS. I watched the He-Man and She-Ra Christmas special year round, and I still do because I own it on DVD. Uh, it's one of my favorite uh, entries into the He-Man slash She-Ra franchise. So, yep, old Rudolph. It's always been around, always. So, you know, now that you guys got my little my little backstory, like you guys always do, let's jump straight into the episode. So. Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer was made and first aired in 1964. And naturally, it's based on the very famous song, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But in turn, the song is based off of a poem that is, I, I believe it's also titled the uh, uh, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. Now, this movie has been around, like I said, it, it first aired in 1964. Uh, specifically December 6th in 1964. And it has been telecast every single year since its original airing. It is the longest running Christmas special that airs on just regular TV on an annual basis. Like, so, since 1964, this, this little cartoon has been around. And it's, um... You know, it is, it's brought joy to people for year for decades. And like, it's, it's a wonderful little cartoon. I've, I've always been a big fan of it. And, um, it was produced by Videocraft International, which you guys probably don't recognize that name, Videocraft International, but you would remember them by the name that they eventually did become, which is Rankin Bass. So... The guys that are responsible for The Hobbit, the old King Kong um, animated show, uh, the animated film, the, uh, the Return of the King, and all that kind of stuff, they are the guys that did Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. But now, naturally, whenever they were coming up with wanting to do an animated special for Rudolph, you know, everyone's heard the song, everyone knows, you know, how it goes. It's a pretty short little song. Like, it would be difficult to adapt that specific, just how it is, into an animated film or a live-action film or something like that. So they had to add some things to it. So new characters were added and an entire storyline was added because everyone knows the song. All it is is just like, hey, there's Rudolph. He's got a red nose and everyone makes fun of him. But hey, then one night Santa's like, "Hey, can you, can you helm this? Like, can you uh, be the lead of my sleigh?" And then everyone's best friends with him. No context, no nothing, no really finding out anything that was going on. So yeah, they they absolutely added uh, a story to this to show like what Rudolph went through, the extent of his bullying that he had to deal with, and like you know that it was a very bad blizzard that came about that caused Santa to say like, Hey, let's uh, get him to lead the sleigh because of his nose and we'll be able to see. Now, um, 
one character that's always been a constant about the show that nine times out of ten, whenever you mention Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer and like the top three or four characters that's going to come to your brain, naturally Rudolph is number one. After that, it's probably the Bumble and then maybe, you know, Yukon Cornelius, but there's one that always just about pops up in people's minds, and that is the snowman, like the narrator of the show, where he's always just kind of, you know, wobbling around, telling the story and all that kind of stuff. The person who voices the snowman, actually, he goes by the name of Burl Ives. Now, some of you diehard Christmas guys or old school musician guys would probably recognize that name. But for those of you that don't, he was a country music star, and he had also been in a good deal of films at that point in time. And he was actually shoehorned into the cartoon very, very late in production. And that's part of, that's a reason why anytime you see a scene with him, he's just simply a narrator. He does not interact with like any of the other characters. He's always like, he has his own scenes just by himself because they were thrown in very, very last minute. And the reason why they were thrown in very last minute is because they did not know what this cartoon was going to do. They did not know the legacy that it was going to create. And so they wanted to have somebody be a narrator to be attached to the film that people would be like, oh, we know that guy. Like we're familiar with his voice because of listening to his radio play and all of that kind of stuff. So they wanted someone that would have been very, very familiar for audiences to uh, be able to relate to and all of that. And so they chose Burl Ives and he has a number of his own Christmas songs that he is saying and all of that kind of stuff. <clears throat> so he was cast as the snowman very late into production. Now, all of the scenes in this is done with stop motion, which I have openly told anybody, you know, especially my listeners on this show, that I am a huge fan of stop motion animation. It's a, you know, for the longest time, it, it was a lost art. I considered it to be a lost art. But here recently, it's starting to make a comeback. Like if you get on YouTube and all of that kind of stuff, like there's, there's a whole slew of videos out there, new videos that are being updated and put out like on a weekly basis of guys taking these very detailed action figures and shooting entire stop motion scenes with them. And I love watching them. Uh, I've, I've very heavily thought about doing my own stop motion you know, giving it a shot because I've never done it before, but just giving it a shot to see exactly what I can do with it and all of that kind of stuff. But yeah, so stop motion is starting to make a comeback and I'm very happy about that. But the type of animation that the stop motion was called was something called Animagic. And the entire film was shot in Tokyo. And there was, uh, it was shot in, so it was shot in Tokyo. So that's another, you can say that's another little kaiju connection, uh, that, uh, to my other movies that I do that it, uh, was shot in Japan. Um, one little thing that happened with the, with part of the movie is that there was, uh, the, the voice of Rudolph there. It's credited as Billy Richards, B-I-L-L-Y Richards. 
that voiced Rudolph. The actual name of the person that voiced Rudolph was Billy May Richards, and the name was spelled B-I-L-L-I-E. It, it was a woman, and they actually changed her name to Billy Richards, Billy with the Y, because they wanted to keep the fact that a woman voiced Rudolph a secret. Because, you know, this was the 60s. It's, um, you know, America was in a different time. Uh, some would say they're kind of, we're kind of still in that same time uh, in many, many aspects. But back then, there was very much a, you know, if, if a whole bunch of people found out, like, a woman voiced Rudolph, like, that was going to be... That was going to be a big deal. Like, there was going to be a lot of upset people. So they changed the name to Billy, spelled with a Y, Richards. Like, they dropped the May part so that they could keep people from finding out that a woman voiced Rudolph. And so, um, that's pretty much all I've got for, like, casting and stuff like that. Now, the movie was released. It was a major hit. And, again studios and all that they did not know or expect the legacy that this film was going to be so unfortunately many of the puppets that were used for the film were not stored properly and many of them were just simply given away to some of the cast members and like producers director you know and all that kind of stuff and they were not well taken care of and you know, that's sad that uh, a movie that's as iconic as this and the models that they used were just not taken care of very well. But again, nobody expected just how this movie was going to blow up the way that it did. But uh, many, many, many years later, they uh, they found some of the some of the puppets and... At the time, like, as they were with the damage that they had taken, be it water damage or mold or anything like that, some of the puppets, they were worth anywhere between eight to $10,000 at the time. So the puppets were given to a restoration guy to be like, work your magic, see if you can bring these puppets back to life. And so they, they got to work on it and all of that kind of stuff, and you know, did the best that they could, brought them, brought them back to life, like redid some of the fabric and all that kind of stuff and just made them look almost like brand new and everything. And in November of 2020, these puppets were brought out to auction just so, you know, if somebody wanted to buy them, they could buy them or whatever. So they were, uh, they were, uh, brought out to auction and they sold for $368,000. So, to go from a value of 8 to 10 to 368 because of being restored and all of that, and also just $368,000, you know, for a little puppet that was just made in 1964 for an animated film, you know, that's that shows, like, the the reach that this film had. That there were people out there that still love it. It's still very much part of our our culture and all of that kind of stuff for them to generate six figures um, at the auction. 
That happened in November of 2020. In December of 2020, they immediate, almost immediately after uh, being bought, they were donated to the Center of Puppetry Arts. So they are actually in the Center of Puppetry Arts, like a museum, and you can go check them out if you want to, I believe. So yeah, that was uh, that was pretty cool. Now, as far as payment goes, uh, Ives, Burl Ives, he was the only individual to get royalties from the cartoon. Partly because of who he was, but also partly because he has a singing number that's in it and everything, and he was already, you know, a singing star and all of that. So he got royalties, like, for years and years and years after the movie had, you know, aired and all of that. And after he passed away and stopped getting royalties, his family would continue to get royalties. The other actors got $1,000 a piece, and that was it. They, they were not paid anything else. They were not paid any type of royalties or any type of anything for as, as many times as the show would air. They were paid $1,000, and they did the job, and they were basically like, okay, thank you very much for your contribution, so you can, you can go now. So, yeah. That's <laughs> uh, kind of sad to think that the actors that, uh, you know, you've heard their voices and you know, for most of your lives, some of you for all of your lives and all that, and then to find out that they only got paid a thousand bucks for their work and then that was it, that's all they got, you know, that's that's kind of sad. But um, the movie is absolutely an icon. It is, you know, a cult classic. Overall, like in home media sales and all that kind of stuff, since it came out in 1964, it has generated over a hundred million dollars in revenue. And there are actually three sequels to this cartoon. I have never seen them. I have no desire to see them. I'm not going to see them. Like, you know, that's just me. Like, I think that the cartoon is good the way that it is. I don't need, I don't need to see the money grab sequels that the animation and voice acting is just not going to be as good or anything like that. So I'm okay with, with not seeing them. And there were also two short films that were made as well. So, all right, guys, that pretty much does it for the Christmas special of Kaiju Carnage, Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer. It was, it's a wonderful little cartoon. It tackles, you know, some big issues that uh, happened in society back then and to this day, you know. I mean, if you deal with, it tackles like abandonment, issues with the Island of Misfit Toys. It deals with bullying with Rudolph. It deals with the Bumble that's really, you know, everyone would think, oh, he's just this big mean monster. But at the end of the day, he was just a very misunderstood character. Like it tackles a lot of social issues. And I think it is absolutely still relatable for people to be able to watch to this day. So, all right, guys, that does it for Rudolph. Now, before I announce what next week's episode is going to be, I would like to encourage you to go follow me on Facebook and Instagram and, you know, all of that kind of stuff, like on Facebook. Um, well, I'll, I'll get to the Facebook later on. There's, there's something going on with my Facebook right now. I'm in the middle of doing something, so 
Well, uh, I'm not even going to bother mentioning what's going on uh, this week, but by next week, I'll, everything should be okay, and I will uh, I'll mention that again. But uh, go give me a follow on Instagram. It's my personal Instagram account. It is Cal Woodman, K-A-L, Cal Woodman Kaiju Carnage. Uh, go give me a follow on TikTok. I am Cal the Kaiju Guy. I pretty much share just Kaiju fun facts and things like that on there. And um, got some exciting things happening for 2022. I'm going to be making an announcement on uh, Facebook and Instagram and all of that kind of stuff later on after I get things completely worked out with what I'm trying to do and all of that. Because I don't want to make an announcement and then... Be like, oh, now you got to wait. You know, the same thing with my, my King Kong rewrite and all of that. You know, I announced it. Hey, I'm going to be rewriting King Kong. And then, you know, it's going to be well, you know, pretty good ways. Like still a few months off before that's even going to be a thing. Because I'm going to have to do a Kickstarter campaign. Which, by the way, I'm open to any of you, you know, wanting to contribute to the Kickstarter campaign. There's going to be some very wonderful little... uh little perks, uh, depending on the tier that you choose and all of that kind of stuff. Like, uh, you're going to have an opportunity to actually be a character in the book, uh, with some of the higher tiers. So always just keep that in mind. If you, if you ever wanted to actually see yourself, you know, be in a novelized version of King Kong, whether it be as a supporting character or even a death scene or something like that, you know, this is going to be your opportunity. And, you know, it's going to be completely legal for me to do all of this because uh, the original novelization is in the public domain and I'm just simply rewriting a public domain work. So if you uh, if you've ever wanted to actually be in a King Kong book or something like that, this is going to be your opportunity. So whenever I get ready to get the Kickstarter up and going and all of that, uh, just comment, join, you know, whatever, message me, email, or something like that. We'll work everything out and all of that, and uh, hopefully you will be a character or something in my book. So, alrighty guys, that does it for all of that. Now, next week's, uh, you know, I said next week's episode, it's actually going to be this week's episode, because this was a Kaiju Cartage Presents. It was a holiday special, so this does not count to my regular um, episode list that I do. So airing this Saturday, tomorrow, <laughs> like, uh, it might be tomorrow. It might be Sunday just because of how, you know, how close together I'm going to be doing it and all of that kind of stuff. But I'm going to be doing my massive episode that I've talked about before, which is going to be separated into two parts because I'm going to be handling it like a, um, okay. You know what? I'm sitting here thinking about it. I know that today at the time of this recording is Friday. I don't know if I would be able to actually get part one ready. So there's there's a chance it might be next week. I don't know. I haven't fully decided yet. If you've subscribed to the show, you'll get a ding whenever the episode, uh, whenever it airs or whatever. Or if you follow me on any of my social medias you know, you'll see. But anywho, it's going to be separated into two parts and it's called Showa Era, The Rise and Fall of Godzilla. And this episode is going to be helmed very, very similarly to a Kaiju Spotlight that I have done in the past. 
in which I'm going to break down each Godzilla film one by one and talk about the reception of it, the box office that it generated, like, you know, which films were the ones that were responsible for coming over to the States and popularizing it over here in the States and all of that, and how Godzilla used to be a media giant throughout the world. And then about not long into the Showa era, things started getting ridiculous. And, you know, you go from, you look at the very first movie in the franchise, which is the 1954 Gojira, which is very serious. There's no comedic moments in it whatsoever. It tackles, you know, it has a very anti-nuclear weaponry uh, theme to it and all of that kind of stuff. So you look at the first movie and then you fast forward to not even the end of the franchise with Godzilla vs. Megalon and you see Godzilla doing his infamous sliding on his tail drop kick that he does on Megalon. Like, one end of the spectrum to the other. And so I'm gonna, I'm gonna break down each movie and talk about, you know, the good and the bad and all of that. And part one will be talking about whenever Godzilla was good and it was making money for Japan and they were more serious and all of that kind of stuff. That was the rise of Godzilla. And then part two will be me talking about how things got ridiculous, how they aimed it more towards children and would lower the budgets and tell the directors you've only got two months to be able to shoot this entire film. And that would be the fall of Godzilla. So Showa era, the rise and fall of Godzilla. That's going to be episode number 66 for me. So guys, thank you all so much for constantly tuning in and listening to the show. Thank you for your kind messages all the time. For those of you that's been, uh, you know, slowly starting to follow me on my social media accounts and all of that kind of stuff. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I cannot thank you guys enough. You guys are awesome. Y'all are the best fans that a guy could ask for. I very, very much appreciate it. Um, again, I hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. I hope everybody has a good new year because it is New Year's Eve at the time of this recording. Please, guys, please be safe. You know, don't do anything stupid. Don't drink and drive and all of that kind of stuff. Like, there's there's a lot of bad things that happen around the holidays. Um, I, I know some people here personally that just in, like, the last week or two, there's been some, I'm not going to go into detail, but there's been some absolute tragedies that has happened in their lives and all of that due to you know, drunk driving and things like that around the holidays and all that. And, you know, look out for your loved ones. If you've had, if you've had too much to drink, do not drive, just call somebody and all of that kind of stuff. You never know what can happen. Anyone who has ever died in a situation like that, they did not expect to die. So even if you sit there and think, well, that's not going to happen to me. I'll be okay. They thought that too. And, Look what happened to them. So please, guys, be safe. Have a safe, happy new year. Don't do anything too crazy. And we'll catch you guys in 2022. So this is Cal the Kaiju Guy signing out.